Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. As we turn the calendar into the year 2023, we'll be commemorating 20 years in the life of Rolling Hills Community Church. Anniversaries offer us the chance to reflect on where we've been, where we are now, and where we hope to go. Our church's calling has always been to be a people of God reaching out, growing up, and giving all. How has God brought this vision to life in the past, and how can we continue pressing toward this vision in the future? Join us this January as we celebrate the testimonies, salvations, baptisms, miracles, and life change which has marked the last 20 years as Rolling Hills. Now, let's tune in. Uh, well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. Welcome to right here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. So glad that we could come together and worship our great God. And I'm so thankful. We are in this great series, right, called 20 Years. And we're celebrating 20 years as a church, right? We started 20 years ago, 15 people in an apartment clubhouse. And yet we've seen God work and God move. And here's the great part about birthdays. Or anniversaries, right? Especially the ones that end in zero or five. They're so good to be able to look back and to think about all the things that have happened in your life. You know, maybe you think about a big birthday you've had or a big anniversary you've had and, you know, and you want to celebrate that well and you, you do a trip or you get everybody over, you have a surprise party because you want to celebrate what God's done. But you also want to look back and go, thank you. Look at, look at where I am. And then you want to assess where you are today and then you want to look forward. And you go, oh, you know, this has been great. This is a great birthday. There's more candles on the cake. The birthdays come faster every year, it seems like. But, you know, you're like, there you are. But, but you don't want to miss that time. You, you want to celebrate that time. And you want to look back. And then you want to assess. And then you want to look forward. And you go, wow, look at what God's done. And so that's what we're doing as a church. You know, next Sunday we'll be at the Ryman. And we're just going to have this big celebration. And be so grateful and so thankful. But but this is a beautiful time for all of us just to say, God, what have you done in my life? And God, I want to give you the praise. I want to give you the glory. And God, I want to reevaluate where I am today. And then, God, I want to go forward with you. I want to go forward with you. And so as a church, that's what we're doing. These 20 years, I mean, God has done what only God can do, right? We've seen miracles happen, lives being changed, marriages, babies, right, missions, and Moldova and the Amazon and all these things. We want to give him all the praise and all the glory, but also know God's just getting started. You know, this is the beginning, man, of what God's going to do. We have a vision statement as a church that says this, a Rolling Hills vision statement. And it, it really is simple, but it says this, a people of God, once we flip it right here, right? A people of God reaching out, growing up, giving all. So a people of God, right? We talked about that the first week, that this isn't a country club, right? This is a church, the body of Christ, the people of God. I love there at 1 Peter tells us this. It says, but you are a chosen people. Think about that. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And you know, when you had the Old Testament, you had the children of Israel, that was the people of God. And then Jesus comes along and opens the door for the church that we could all be a part of what God is doing in the world today. So people of God, last week we talked about this, reaching out. That your purpose, our purpose together, to know God, to make him known. The church becomes the hands and feet of Christ. The church becomes the one that God uses to impact this world, to bring goodness and grace and mercy and love into this world. And today we're going to be talking about this, growing up. And then next week we'll talk about giving all. So growing up, that we're to mature. That we're to mature. You know, physically, we expect people to grow up, right? <laughs> we don't expect people to just stay a little baby, right? You, you expect there to be physical growth. The same thing spiritually, that we should grow up once we become Christ followers. I remember when our oldest daughter was about four, and, and I remember she was playing one day, and she was laughing, she was having such a great time, and she looked at us and she said, Mom, Dad, I don't want to grow up. Yeah, I don't want to grow up. And, and Lisa's like, I don't want you to grow up either. You know, this <laughs> is a moment where you're like, you know what, your kids, you've got this moment, it's awesome, it's special. But I was sitting there thinking, yeah, I love this time. I love this phase. This is great. But think about all the things you're going to experience. I want you to grow up, you know? I mean, I want you to stay small. I've loved every phase of our kids' lives. It's been awesome. But, but I want you to go and experience. Man, you're going to love it. You're going to have friends, and you're going to laugh. You know, you're going to be able to drive, which is fun. You know, you're going to go to summer camp. You're going to do mission trips. God's got big plans for you. Maybe one day you have your own kids. You know, I mean, who knows what God's going to do. But there's this part of growing up. So think about this. Think about in your life, how have you grown spiritually over the last 20 years? How have you grown spiritually? Not, not just physically, we all kind of get that, right? But how have you grown spiritually? And maybe for you, you think about it, you go, man, I, I remember, man, I wasn't even a believer 20 years ago. Man, I was so far from God. <laughs> And now look at what God's done. Maybe you just go, thank you, God. Maybe in your life you go, man, I've been baptized in the last 20 years. It's pretty awesome, right? And maybe in your life you go, man, my kids, I have the opportunity. I mean, what a beautiful baptism this morning. And, and just seeing that, that opportunity, your kids coming to know Christ. Or maybe, man, now you have grandkids. You didn't have grandkids 20 years ago. You're watching them grow mature. Maybe you go, I didn't even used to like to come to church. Now I can't wait. I'm at the 8 o'clock service, man. I mean, like, I'm here. I mean, I'm so excited. You know, there's this joy that comes. That's spiritual growth. That's what God's doing in our life. It's been said that potential is God's gift to us. Potential is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift to him. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. If you've got a Bible with you, I invite you up with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And I want you to see this today because, man, it is so good. And we're going to see five keys to spiritual growth, to growing up, all found in just these three verses today right here in 1 Peter. So 1 Peter, got to go back to the New Testament toward the back of the Bible. You'll see it there, 1 and 2 Peter, 1 and 2 John, Jude, Revelation. So back in that area. If you're online, you want to go to the Rolling Hills app, man, we have got the scripture for you right there. But Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. Right? I mean, Peter was a fisherman. Jesus called him, and he followed him. Man, he saw God do miracles. I mean, just, oh, man, he lived his life for the glory of God. And he gets to be older in life. Man, he's been a disciple. He's been a leader in the early church, pastoring the people. And then persecution came. People spread out. And here he is riding back to the people. And he says in verse 1 of chapter 2, Therefore, right, 
Anytime you see a therefore, you say, what's it? Therefore, we're going to go back in a minute and find out. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. So he says, hey, church, you know, hold on. There's some things, man, that you got to get rid of. There's some things in your life. You want to look different than the world. Rid yourselves of these things like newborn babies. Right? Here's Peter going, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. You know, man, you know when a baby's hungry, right? Because they let you know. And he's like, man, you're a believer, but you're a Christ follower. Crave that pure spiritual milk. Why? So that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. By it, you may mature. You may grow in the Lord now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. I love that he puts that. Now that you've tasted, now that you've got a little taste of the goodness and the grace of God, you just go, oh, man, this is awesome. I want more and more of God, and I want more and more of his word. If you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you've got a worship guide with you, if you're online, you want to pull up the Rolling Hills app, there's a place to fill in some blanks right there. But there's five keys, five keys to growing up spiritually. So five keys to growing up spiritually. We've talked about people of God. We've talked about reaching out. Today, we're talking about growing up. So here's the first one. Now, for all you who like to fill in the blanks early, made a little challenging today, okay? Availability availability. These are going to be five A's that are going to help us. But the first one is availability. And this is a big one, right? When he said, therefore, therefore, we got to go back and look and say, what's it there for? And it goes back to who this letter is addressed to. So if you go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, and you go back to verse 1, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, so he identifies who he is, to God's elect exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Okay, so the early church, it's growing, it's exploding, and then persecution comes, right? And then the, the believers spread out. They go live with extended family. They go stay in different places. But while they're there, they're planting churches. While they're there, they're telling their friends and their family about Christ. And so the church is growing in all these different areas. And then look at this. He says, who have been chosen... You've been chosen, never forget that, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying, look at that word, sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. All right? So first thing you see is this, is that this letter, 1 Peter, is addressed to Christ's followers. It's addressed to Christ's followers. It's not just a general letter. It's not a history letter, right? It's not the law. It's addressed to Christ's followers. You're a disciple. And the first thing as a disciple is we realize my life's not my own. <laughs> I've been called, I've entered into this relationship to follow Jesus. Now, now, Peter knows that, right? Peter was a fisherman, you may remember. He had a fishing business, him and his brother Andrew. They've got these buddies, James and John. They're doing fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus comes along and says, hey, come follow me. Come follow me. Right? And they did. It says they left their nets and they followed him. They would have never dreamed what God was going to do. They would have never even imagined the lives that they were going to have the opportunity to impact and the joys they were going to see and the miracles that were going to take place. But they were available. See, a lot of times we think the first thing God's looking for is our ability. I've got to be like super Christian. No, no, no. You just got to be available. God will work through you. God works in you, you just offer your life to Christ. Salvation happens in an instant. 
right? As God calls you to himself, and maybe you're here today, man, you've never made that commitment to Christ. Man, it starts there. Jesus, I'm committing my life to you. Salvation comes in an instant, but sanctification takes a lifetime. The sanctifying work of the Spirit, that means spiritual growth, that means growing up. And availability is a part of that. That you're constantly trusting God. You're constantly saying, God, I'm yours. See, here's the thing. Spiritual growth, spiritual growth happens when you make yourself available to God. So when you wake up in the morning, you go, okay, I may have my whole to-do list today. I've got my whole calendar filled. But, but today, God, if you've got other plans, I'm yours. God, if I need to spend time with my, with my kids, my spouse, if I need to spend time with somebody at work, if I, need to, if I need to be used, God, to send a text or an email or something and wait to encourage somebody else, Father, I'm yours. I'm available. That's spiritual growth. Because a lot of times, you know, people will accept Christ and, man, it's like the fire insurance policy, right? I accept Jesus because I don't want to go to hell. And, you know, I'm just going to make sure there. And you're going, hold on, time out. That's not it. It's for us. Us, yes, we don't go to hell, right? Because of the grace of God. We have eternal life. It's secure. But God wants us to grow. God wants us to mature. God wants to use us for his glory. And it starts with being available to him. Here's the prophet Isaiah. Here's what Isaiah said. He said, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Isn't that great? I love Isaiah. He's just like, I don't know what the job is. I don't know what the assignment is. I don't, but, but God, I'm yours. God, I'm yours. And so you go from man being an early Christ follower, being a spiritual infant to growing up and walking with the Lord all the days of your life where you just say, God, I'm yours. I'm available to you. All right, second one, second A is his attitude, attitude, right? God works in our availability. We begin to put our schedule and put his will in front of our own, but then God also starts to work on our attitude. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Okay, now look at all these. These are community-destroying sins, every one of them, right? Malice, man, I harbor something in my heart, man. I'm just mad, this malice, this deceit, you know, I'm not the same way. Hypocrisy, uh, one way on the outside, I do something different, you know, envy. Every time you scroll through, it's just like I get envious, 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 or slander, slander, saying something bad about somebody behind their back. He's like, you get rid yourselves of these things. That's not of the things of God. So God starts to work on our attitude. God starts to work on our attitude. The attitude of the old carnal man in us, arrogance, anger, and anxiety. Okay, right? Before you were a Christ follower, there were these things in your life, <laughs> right? And there was this arrogance, man. I mean, it was pride of life, right? The mother of all sins, pride. There was this anger. There was this anxiety. It was always tensed up. And you look at Peter's life, that was him. Jesus called him. <laughs> he was a fisherman, Jesus had to talk to his disciples and go, guys, listen, listen, listen. You're becoming prideful, right? But the greatest of all will be a servant. You remember him talking to him about this. He's working on that, you know, anger. Hey, Peter pulls out a sword and cuts off this dude's ear, you know, and Jesus is like, time out, man. Come on, you know, what are we here for? We're loving people. And he heals the guy, you know. I mean, the anxiety, and there's Peter. He starts to walk on water. He's focused. His eyes are on Jesus. And then he sees the wind. Can you see the wind? But man, the anxiety wells up. He's like, I'm not supposed to be out here. And he begins to sink and Jesus pulls him up. And so in our lives, God starts to go to work. In our lives, God begins to work on our character, our integrity and who we are. And there's some things in our lives that God starts to get rid of. 
and say, hey, listen, this is not how you're called to live. Look, that's the attitude of the old carnal man. The attitude of the new man in Christ, because it tells us in Philippians, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, is this. He begins to convert, right? From arrogance to humility. Now, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's like, oh, man. Humility is thinking of yourself less. <laughs> humility is putting God first and putting others first. And God starts to go to work. God starts to go to work. Anger to compassion. Oh, I don't always have to be right. God begins to soothe you. God begins to smooth you in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, with other relationships with others. And your anxiety to trust. Hold on. God's got this. I don't know how it's going to go down, but I look back at my life and God has always come through. I look back at my life and God has always been faithful. I'm going to trust him now. I got to tell you, we're all a work in progress. None of us are perfect, right? And God continues to work in my own heart and life. You know, I've always struggled with patience. It's like, ah, and God continues to work and mold and shape me and say, hold on, trust me. But maybe in your life, as you look at where you are today, are there some things you need to get rid of? Rid yourselves of, right? Are there things in your life as you assess kind of where you are spiritually today? Are there some things in your life that you go, this is not what God would want. And I'm not gonna just keep going down the road and just go, no, 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 I need to rid myself of that. I need to see God work in my heart and my life. You know, today, I mean, there's some things that man, people struggle with, we all struggle but you go, okay, wait a minute. Maybe this isn't honoring God. You know, maybe the things I'm watching at night, it's not honoring God. And I need to rid myself of that. And maybe in your life, maybe, maybe alcohol's got a hold on you. I mean, it's fine to have a glass of wine. You know, it's fine to have a beer with the guys or whatever. But man, if it becomes something that dominates you, hold on. God's going, hold on, rid yourself of that. Look, look, don't just live that way. It's impacting your relationships. Time out. Maybe it's sports gambling, and all of a sudden you're thinking, it's no big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. It starts to add up after a while. And man, it's impacting. And so God comes along and says, hey, rid yourself of this. Maybe it's anger. Maybe in your life, man, you just kind of lose it sometimes. And God's going, whoa, that's not the new attitude that you should have. Hold on, calm. You know, put others before yourself. And so God works here. Our availability to God, and then God starts to work on our attitude molding us and shaping us into the image of his son. Okay, here's the third one, third one, ability, ability. God begins to work on our ability. God wants to use us, and he wants to use us as his vessel. So he says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. And I love that word crave. Now, we have a lot of babies here at Rolling Hills. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> so, I mean, it's great. I mean, they're all back in preschool and nursery. It's amazing, and it's awesome. But, but you know, man, when they are hungry, they're, they're craving. When they need something, they let you know, right? But, man, do we crave the Word of God? Because that's what spiritual milk is. Spiritual milk, pure spiritual milk, refers to the Word of God. And do we go, man, I, I just want to know more about God. I want to grow in God's Word. See, we are so blessed, church. Listen, we're so blessed where we live. And we're so blessed in the time that we live. Do you know it was 1450 when the Gutenberg printing press was invented, Right? What was the first book printed on the Gutenberg printing press? The Bible. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time and every year, number one best-selling book. Why? Because the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, right? 
The word of God nourishes us. It's the way that we grow in the Lord. So not only do we have the word of God with us where we can walk around, we also can carry the word of God in our pocket nowadays, right? We got Rolling Hills app. We've got version. We've got the word of God. And so, man, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, man, I need to dive in the word. There's something right here. I need to grow. I need to go. And we've got it right there at our fingertips. Imagine before 1450, I mean, like they're trying to figure out the scrolls. They're trying to go, you know, it's all in Latin. And they're like, I tried to figure all these things out. And man, we are so blessed. And so for us, for us, we are called to grow in our ability to know and handle God's word, as well as our ability to live it out, right? To know and handle God's word. You know, every time you come on Sunday mornings, man, I hope it's like a buffet, right? I hope it's like you're just diving into the word, you're here, you go to a small group, you're just like, man, this is so good. And, and, and man, it's like eating a buffet. You're just like, oh, this is great. We're on the word of God every day. And here at Rolling Hills, man, we teach the word of God every week. And so it's like coming. Now, I don't know about you, but man, I love a good buffet. I do. I just like, is, buffets are great. I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise, it's awesome, you know, or if you've ever been to Golden Corral, what happened to Golden Corral? I don't know. But, you know, I mean, where else could you get a steak and a corn dog, you know, and a chocolate fountain? I mean, like, what happened to that? You know, so, you know or you go to Mr. Gaddy's. Remember Mr. Gaddy's? They had the pizza buffet. You never eat the crust. You know, just like, it was awesome. You know, but I love a good buffet. But here's the thing about a buffet. You still eat the next day, don't you? You don't go, man, I ate. It was such a great, oh, it was awesome. You know, we had this great meal. And then you go, well, I'm not going to eat again for seven days. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do it, right? No, you go, oh, that was awesome. And my stomach expanded and I'm really not as hungry the next day, but man, I still want some food. <laughs> I still want some food. And, and so for us, that's the important thing. We come to church, we get excited, we're diving into God's word, but then hopefully it sets off this appetite to say, man, I want to crave more. So we have a daily step. You know, we go, man, I'm going to read through the book of Psalms. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a chapter a day or, or I'm gonna, at night, you know, before I go to bed. I want to, oh, man, look at that great passage of Scripture. I want that to be in my mind before I go to bed. See, I'm saying we're growing in knowing God's word. And that's the beautiful part for us. We can be fed, but then we learn to feed ourselves. <laughs> and then ultimately, right, we learn to feed others. Ultimately, we learn, man, I can, I can lead a small group. Man, I can lead with teenagers. I can lead with kids. I can teach the word of God because I'm learning it and I'm growing in that. And then I'm living it out, right? As James says, do not just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word, right? I want to do what it says. And so for us to be able to live that out. So that's a growth process, right? Here we are growing in ability. Maybe I don't know a whole lot about God's word right now, but I'm learning and I'm growing, you know, that's the beautiful part. Okay. Look at this one. Accountability accountability. So we've got availability, we've got attitude, we've got ability, and then we go to accountability. Key to spiritual growth right here. Look at this. He says, so that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. You know, there's, there's a responsibility there. Jesus saves us. He doesn't take us home to heaven yet. Why? Because he wants us to grow up. He wants us to mature. Spiritual growth happens in the context of community. It happens in the context community. You know, you remember being in school, it happened in community, right? You had a teacher, somebody was teaching you. If you want to work out, the best thing is to get a personal trainer, somebody else who's going to hold you accountable, right? And stay on you, you know? It, or you have a coach if you're playing sports. You need that, I need that in our lives. Same thing in spiritual growth. That's what we talk about, being a community group. 
You know, we have group lead today or, or, or be in a men's study. We've got versus Bible studies starting off just for men th- this week. We've got women's ministry starting off this week. The gathering in the mornings and the evening on Wednesdays. Awesome. But get in a place. And we're always kind of like, ah, I don't know. I don't know that many people there. I don't know. The way you get to know people is to get in, right? The way you know people is to go. You have kids. Make sure, man, you get them in preschool, children, students, because we grow in this context of community. We need that. It's, it's that accountability. Yeah, I don't know about you, but have you ever been driving along and all of a sudden out of the corner of your eye, you see a policeman? It changes how you drive, right? I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're all under the speed limit. I'm usually like right there on the edge. And so immediately you're like, ah, you know, and, and they don't have to do anything. They're just there. And you go, okay. And you're looking down. You're like, okay, make sure everything's good, right? We need that in our lives. We need people around us and they're encouraging us and supporting us and holding us accountable. Look at this, Ignatius. When he would, he's an early church father, right? By the way, when he would hear a clock strike, he would say, now I have another hour to answer for. And I just think about that accountability to one another, but that accountability to God. That God, I've got this gift of time that you've given me. That is time on this earth. And God, let me live every moment for your glory. Don't let me get distracted by things that don't matter. Father, let me make the most of this opportunity right here. And there's that accountability. God's going to love us. There's nothing you could do to make God love you anymore. And there's nothing you do to make God love you any less. I mean, God loves you. But God does want us to grow in our faith. God does want us to reach our full potential in Christ. And so there's some accountability. As a church, man, God's given us so much. And for us to be people who are accountable, for us to be people who, who give and serve and pray and make the most of this. I, I love church because I just love serving God with you guys and, and seeing God raise up that next generation. Raise up that next generation as a church. And, and that's what we've been pouring into as a church and that God would find us faithful with what he's called us to. You know, the first week in this series, we saw a, a video of Jamie Steiner. She was our very first student here at Rolling Hills. I mean, we had 15 people in an apartment clubhouse. We decided we were going to do student ministry, right? And, and we've had a, a little clubhouse that we met the students would meet over there. And she was the first one that came. And now here she is at our church. And she's a mom with five kids and her husband, Tony, and they have a sixth one on the way, right? And it's just amazing. But to see her growing and maturing in the Lord. I want you to hear today, too, from another person who was our first college student. She was at Belmont University and came when we first started meeting as a church. Watch her story right here. I'm Jennifer Akers, and I've been going to Rolling Hills for 20 years now. So I found Rolling Hills in 2003. I had just started at Belmont University, and I was a freshman there, and church had always been a really big part of my life. And so right away, as soon as I got to Nashville, every Sunday I was at a different church trying to find a place that felt like home. And After Christmas break, I came home from Texas and went back to Tennessee for school. And one of the first churches I found after getting back to Tennessee was Rolling Hills. The message was so important for what I was walking through in that season. The worship was so powerful. And even in a small conference room at a hotel, I felt so connected to God in that moment. And I actually didn't visit 
a single church after that. I knew right away on that Sunday that that was the place that I wanted to be. And that was the church I wanted to connect to. And so pretty soon after those first Sundays at Rolling Hills, I connected with some of the leaders there and asked how I could help. And I started out in kids ministry. And so I was helping on Sundays with kiddos and playing with them and watching them. Um, I found a community group right away, and I was with some awesome families like the Thomases and Kecks who are still around today, and they poured into me in such a powerful way. As a college student in a new area, it can be a little bit intimidating to find community and to find friends and to find people that will help you feel like you're at home when you're so far away from your actual home, and I felt that with our community group. And so all of my college years, I was at Rolling Hills. In 2010, I finally got up the nerve to audition for the worship team. And I was so excited that they said, yeah, we'd love for you to be a part of what's happening here. I remember the first Sunday I was on the worship team, I got to lead Sing to the King, an old worship song. And I knew then this is what I want to do. In 2000. 20, I moved into this role of associate worship pastor at Rolling Hills. I'm so grateful that this is what the Lord has called me to, and I'm so grateful that He's given me a home to worship Him and to share the love of Jesus. The past 20 years, Rolling Hills has been my home. It was my home when I was a college student in a new city, in a new place, trying to look for community. It was my home when I got married to my husband and was learning what it looked like to be a newlywed. It was my home when we brought home our first baby and our second and our third. And it's been my church home as I've watched my kids grow up and connect to their ministry areas and learn what it looks like to follow Jesus. I am so thankful for Rolling Hills and that I get to grow up in this incredible place. I mean, just the impact that God's having through you, church, on so many lives. And we're so grateful, and that, that's a responsibility, but that's an opportunity for us to, to make a difference. And then here's the fifth one, right? Adoration. Adoration. You know? And it says this, now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. See, once, once you get a taste of the depth and the goodness of God, you just want more. You want more. And you start to live that life of adoration, that life of worship, that, that God, I see you every day, that I want to give you praise, I want to give you glory. See, adoration and worship, it's not just coming and doing, you know, four or five songs on a Sunday and then that's it. I'll go live my life however I want to live my life. It's that every day I just start to look and see God and thank God, developing this attitude of gratitude. God, look at what you're doing in my family. God, look at what you're doing in my work. God, look at the way you're providing for me. God, I thank you. You know, it tells us in 1 Thessalonians, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. <laughs> this is what God wants for you. He wants us to live that way, just that awe and that wonder. And I know as we're young, you know, we get distracted and there's all these things that are happening and still even as we get older spiritually, <laughs> but we start to push past the distractions and put our focus and our attention on God. And I want more, I want more, you know, I wanna know him and give him praise. It tells us in Romans, therefore I urge you brothers, in view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Right? Your spiritual act of worship is not just singing songs. And those are important and it's great, especially corporate worship time. But your spiritual act of worship is to, to live a life for the glory of God. To live every day and every moment, right? And none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. But boy, for us that we're pursuing, that I'm becoming more like Christ, that I'm maturing in my faith. And that's a call for us. I love the prophet Habakkuk. And Habakkuk writes this in Habakkuk. Chapter three, verse 17, he says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Woo, that's spiritual depth. <laughs> that's spiritual growth. And maybe we're not there yet, but man, are we pursuing the Lord? Did we get to that point going, you know, whatever happens, God's got it. Whatever happens in my life, God is sovereign. God's in control. My faith and my trust is in him. He is my God. And I'm holding on to him. I'm holding on to him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, this great theologian, he wrote this. He said, cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Baptism without church discipline. Communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living in incarnate. God doesn't want us to have a cheap grace. God wants us to have a rich grace, a full grace, a maturing grace, us growing deeper in him, us loving him. You know, I remember when my kids were little, we would go to the beach and and they would always want to go to the baby pool, right? You know, and they would get their little floaties. They'd be in the baby pool. And, and we would have fun. We'd have fun. And, and they would love it. And they'd think it was the greatest thing ever. You know, it's like, oh, here. And then finally we started to branch out and go, you know what? Hey, let's go. Let's go to the ocean. No, look at the ocean. It's so big. No, no. And we would go over. We'd get to the sand and the sand would be hot. They would just hold on to you, you know. They would jump up in your arms. And, and then you walk across there. And then finally you put them down. But there came a day, right, when they traded in those floaties for boogie boards. And all of a sudden, they were like, oh, this is really fun, Dad. Yeah, this is awesome. And then they traded in the, the floats in the pool for snorkeling equipment and seeing the fish and seeing all these things. And you started going, whoa, look at the vastness. Yeah, there's challenges. Yeah, there's struggles. But look at what God can do. And for all of us, man, are we growing? Are we maturing? Are we becoming the men and women that God created us to be? Are we reaching our full potential in Christ? Man, let's do that for the glory of God. Let's don't miss a moment. Let's become all that he created us to be. For his name is great. That's the end of the episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Make sure you click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a sermon. Also, don't keep this sermon to yourself. Share it with your friends and family. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, go ahead and download our app. Follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. Happy New Year and happy 20th anniversary, church. We hope you'll continue to join us this year and beyond as we keep reaching out, growing up, and giving all together.